Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hello, my friend. Stay a while and podcast. <laughs> Wait weeks no. for that. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, old man. Just give me the information I need so I can go talk to the blacksmith, get some cool items, go kill some. So actually, I, I will say this right now, and then we will circle back to this later. I realized, oh, this game kind of kicks you off like Zelda. Like, you just drop into the world, and they're like, I don't know, talk to people, or don't. Go explore, right? Like, it's it's super, uh, you know, have your way with uh, the land of Diablo as you like. Um, oh, yes. Hey, George, what did we play? Uh, we played Diablo 3 for uh, uh, well, I played it on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, you, you had a good opportunity in there. You, you could have said Hellfire. Because we also uh, had the Hellfire expansion. Yep. Yep. No, I, I actually what <laughs> what I should have said was never winter nights. <laughs> uh God. I we should play that at some point, actually. I played it, the hell out of that game. I don't uh we probably got a few years. Not like a super long time, but probably a few years to wait. It's probably like two thousand four, maybe five. Yeah, I mean, you 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 continue doing yeah, your part no, of this, this thing. thing. I, I'm 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 checking. We played huh. the original Diablo um, for PC. Uh, it came out uh, January third, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, and a quick summary: If you somehow have not heard of this game, because this game still has like a legacy, insane fan base to this day. So like new generations of people are picking this game up. Uh, Diablo is an action role playing game that is intentionally or not. Uh, one of the best computer adaptations of the original Dungeons and Dragons ever made. Because it's just a dungeon crawl. It's a game where you go in the dungeon, kill the monsters, like, yeah. get the loot. Like yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. not AD&D. Yeah, like, like yeah, one, yeah. 1.0. Um, players choose from one of three classes and then click their way through a horde of monsters, gaining experience and loot until the final showdown with the titular man himself. So it's like basically the first five minutes of Diablo and the last five minutes of Diablo are exactly the same game. Now... Whether or not you can enjoy the game over the length of time it takes to finish it, that's a different question. But there aren't really surprises in terms of mechanics and stuff that are not present in the first couple of minutes, which is sometimes nice. Yeah, sometimes nice. Sometimes. Um, so uh, just to, to put a, a pin on the last thing, uh, it was released June 18th, the day before my birthday, 2002. 2002? So it, yeah. So it's Whoa. available. Now. now yeah right yeah. now yeah like right now like as of this year like yeah. my birthday this year was my happy birthday to me <laughs> we can play Neverwinter nights uh yes happy birthday to you and not to me you like Neverwinter more than i did oh man i love the crap out of that game but it's, yeah, it's we'll not a bad there. game yeah. not, but that's not the game we play it's we not play the game diablo. We play. Yeah. yeah um so what is your nostalgic experience for diablo so i honestly I don't think I played Diablo. I think I exclusively played Diablo 2. Yeah. We had that conversation early on where we were both like, huh, this, I'm, there's some mechanics I can't figure out. And the more you and I talked, the more I was like, I don't know if he played the first one. <laughs> I don't think I did. Because the way I played Diablo 2 was through uh, the guy who got me started on Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he, uh, 
you know, he was like my gateway into a lot of this stuff because he he was also like a computer geek, right? And so he had uh, Diablo two on his computer, and he's like, "You uh, you like D and D? Might uh, you know, you might you might get into this." And then you know, a, a full bag size of Reese's pieces later, you know, like, <laughs> I, was, I was in it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think that that he just started me on Diablo two, so I, I had a it had again blew my mind because i played diablo 2 and i played diablo 3 so i was like yeah you know i, I played diablo you know and uh and then as we were playing i was like oh, you know it seems familiar but it very much so is like if you've you know what this is this is the equivalent of borderlands um yeah for you right you know where, where we were having this discussion recently where i said yeah once you've played borderlands 2 there's really no reason to go back and play borderlands 1 it's like borderlands 2 but it has a bunch of like weird stuff that you would expect that isn't there um not to like spoil anything but you know uh yeah so that, that's kind of where this was with me is, is i kept being like this feels like a skin down version like, are we playing the right game oh we're playing diablo not diablo 2 yeah which for my part is exactly why I wanted to play Diablo and then Diablo 2 because in my memory I was like oh Diablo 2 has way more stuff but it didn't change the fundamental formula did that stuff improve or lessen the core experience right because bolting pinwheels and magnets and crap onto the outside of the thing does not necessarily make the thing better right like a bike with streamers is like fun and colorful but a bike with wind turbines on the handlebars would not be fun and colorful so i was like i re because i knew i had played diablo one so i was like i really want to do these in order because most of the time i'm like yeah whatever like i mean literally our second episode is sonic 2 like we just we coming out of the gate we were like order be damned but for for this one because i was like we're gonna play diablo 2 eventually so i would like to play diablo one first i played the ever-loving mess out of this but not too distant from your experience i apparently also played diablo 2 quite a bit because <laughs> there were some things that were not even necessarily good or bad but just my brain was like oh this is part of the uniform gelatinous mass that is diablo as a franchise where it's like oh no 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 most of those things actually came in in diablo 2 right and so you know <laughs> good bad or otherwise i did have that same kind of like oh where's the button to do x or how do i get into the menu that lets me configure this where the hell is my skill tree right like all these things that are just not part of diablo 1 and and uh, spoiler, I didn't love every addition to Diablo 2, so I'm not saying that these things not being there is universally bad, but there were a lot of those moments, even though I thought I was more sure of, of the game we were getting into. Um, <laughs> I also uh, had a fond uh, memory for this game. Uh, this was one of the few games that I ever felt like I leaned into the like PC experience of it, where I remembered using, um, they're called character editors but for some reason the name they chose for them is trainers where you can like it you can extract your character file screw with it and then reinsert it into the game so like change your stats change your class change how much gold you have right all, all the stuff you would expect but for some reason that entire class of of mods is what you would call them now we're all called trainers so it was like a Diablo character trainer. And I couldn't remember that name. And then I was looking around on some forum and somebody used that word. And I was like, yes, that <laughs> where can I download one of those that will run on modern windows? Nice. Nice. 
Yeah, no, actually, I uh, I didn't get into that type of thing until way later, until actually Borderlands 2, where um, doing that type of stuff was way more involved. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, because, so, you know, I was dealing with a PlayStation 3 at the time. And uh, and yeah, getting just getting the information off of the PlayStation was in and of itself a bit of a chore. And then getting into the software, would change, but uh, it was worth it to make the ridiculous character I wanted to make. Yeah. You know? Well, and and I mean, Borderlands is an action RPG. It's in the exact same genre as this, right? Like kill stuff, get loot, get stronger. And once you've done that enough times, maybe for some people that's after the first playthrough, maybe for other people it's after the thousandth playthrough, but eventually you're like, what if some insane bullshit, right? And then like, thank God these programs exist to let you uh, live out these insane fantasies. And I've actually learned about myself personally over time is that <laughs> that is my final phase of the game. Yeah. You know, is yeah, it's, ma- it's like master you it, it, break it. Yeah. And you're like, I mastered it. Now, what if I, you know, do this weird conflux of things? If I have this perfect magical item that perfectly max- matches this perfect stat build with this, that like I, I because it becomes a puzzle game at that point, you know, it's like, what if I max all these things? Neat. I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. Like that usually means you are wringing the final drops of entertainment out of it. And for some people that may be a tidal wave, right? That they may get huge amounts of enjoyment out of that, but that's probably on the end of the experience, right? Whether it's 30 minutes or 30 years, like that's, it would be weird to then go back in that like session to being like, now I'm going to play normally again. And it's like, but why you need like some space at least. (laughs) uh so shall uh shall we shall uh if you like what we're doing you can of course follow us uh on all the socials links and crap in the show notes um we uh really love it when people reach out on twitter uh, and ask for games and stuff Uh, i stream most of the games we play on twitch so if you want to see some of the behind the scenes ahead of recording you can do that uh if you want to go a little bit further you can leave a rating and review on apple podcasts i guess they call it now um or you can just uh word of mouth recommendation to a friend i think those are always the most valuable it's like hey you would like this go listen to it uh and then if you really want to go nuts you can support us on patreon and help us keep the lights on and if you do that you get the after show everybody gets the after show which is just bonus content sometimes about the game if you spend a thousand if you spend a thousand dollars we'll do a hundred meter foot race oh that yeah no it, yes yeah, that, this is like the first one I think I'm like ready to agree to. <laughs> yeah, a hundred a hundred percent in on. Yeah, 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 no, totally. Uh, we need to figure out where 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 in the shilling we fit in my hundred. Yeah, my thousand dollar tier now. Yeah, but uh, it, that's the new thing. Uh, I would say it has to be after we shout out our supporters that we're about to shout out, right? Yeah, because yeah, we don't yeah. we don't okay, currently we'll, have anyone we'll, at the thousand dollar tier. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So we'll do that moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you could get more behind the scenes bullcrap like that. By becoming yeah. a patron, right? Because we talk about that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we we workshop what things we're willing to do for a thousand dollars. Exactly. Right. That's all the after show has ever been. Um, pr- prove me wrong. <laughs> Give us a dollar. Go find out. Uh, yep. So first, we need to thank our eight bit classics: Jacob, a mystic monk; Yarno, a frantic fighter; Jason, a stealthy rogue; John, a manic mage; <laughs> and Kevin. A delightful Deckard Cain. And our 16-bit hero, Michael. A damned Diablo. And our full 3D supporter, David. 
a hidden dropped item that you heard drop, but you can't really find. And maybe it's another corpse you've covered up with it, but you've been looking at it with a mouse for about half an hour. And you just can't find it. <laughs> I think I know what one of your early notes in gameplay is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I gave it away. Uh, first, we got to talk about how it looked it and sounded. Um, uh, it looked like I couldn't find anything that dropped. <laughs> I, so you, uh, your, your gaming computer is a laptop, right? Uh, yeah. And it's, do you plug it into a television? Do you have a gaming monitor? Like what, what size screen were you looking at Diablo on? Uh, my forearm plus knuckles. You just told everyone so much about you <laughs> as a technology person. <laughs> it is roughly the size of my elbow <laughs> to my knuckles. To my knuckles. Yeah. Lord. Okay. Ish. So you probably have either a. I think I think I think everybody just pitied you for having to edit this, you know, like, right? Like, oh, that's what he's bringing to the table. He wasn't lying about just being the talent. Yeah, quick, guess which one of us does all of the production work? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to say, uh, you know, because they measure diagonally, so that's probably like a 15 inch laptop, right? But not a huge screen. Um, I played this game on my giant work monitor, which is far more pixels than this game was ever meant to enjoy. And I still thought it actually looked pretty okay. I didn't use any weird modern hacks to upscale or up res or it or anything like this is just the version anybody could go buy on good old games. And I was like, this actually looks pretty crisp, not perfect. Like you can tell this is an older game, but you would never look at it and be like, oh my God, it's a blurry mess. Yeah, no, I think that that overall, um, you know, it, it, it visually, it you can you can determine where everything is, kind of. I mean, because the, the the only things that really look like things are, you know, you you have to look human. The other humans have to look human. The dungeon walls have to look like walls, you know. But outside of that, you know, the skeletons look like skeletons. But if they didn't look like skeletons, that'd be fine. They're monsters, you know. They're they're fantasy monsters, you know. So the the demons look like demons. What do demons look like? I don't know. They look like that, you know. They don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so when whenever you're dealing with things in that genre, it's it's very helpful because it doesn't have to look like an established thing. It can kind of look like anything. Yeah, e um, but even no, like, for do... popular monsters, right? It's like, oh, this zombie doesn't look like the zombie in this other game. And it's like, no, those are Diablo zombies. Yeah, but you know they're 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 what zombies look like here. So you get a lot more license before. So, I mean, honestly, I would probably say it would have to if it would have to look more like something else before somebody would challenge it, right? You know, even if a zombie looked like absolute hell, it have to you have to be like it's really more of like a slime monster. <laughs> Just call it a slime. Yeah. you know, like it. That's a slime. You know, um, but as long as it was in the genre of shambling corpse, you'd be like, I don't know, zombie skeleton, sure, undead, got it. Um, and especially as and you know this is would be a mechanics note, but if it's uh doesn't doesn't differentiate mechanically, then it super doesn't matter, right? Like I would get frustrated if something looked like undead, but oh no, this is not undead. This is actually a demon. It's like then why does it look like a skeleton? I'd get irritated. But if there's no mechanical incentive, it's just I don't know, it's just a mob. Um, I will say uh, it's just some some visual notes that I had. So overall, the visuals I, I do think that those for the most part held up. As much as, as as you would, they they hold up the way you think they do, right? They, they're the way that you're probably thinking of them in your mind. Um, one of the the notes that I had though for um just just visuals for the sake of visuals, there is zero fanfare for leveling up, and in a game that's all about grinding, that's a bummer, man. You know, that's fair. It pops up the little <laughs> thing in the left that's like, hey, you leveled up, hey, you leveled hey. up, and it's like, oh, 
cool. I mean, you, it's 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 as exciting as getting mail, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it should be in... Because they, they can't interrupt you while you're fighting for your life, right? And you could easily gain a level in the middle of overcoming a mob. But but then, you know, like when you open the, the character screen, maybe some confetti, right? When you finish distributing your points, like make a cool noise or have a, a little a little line of dialogue that's like, you know, I feel stronger, right? So, I mean, something. <laughs> yeah. Or even when you're fighting mobs, like it doesn't have to, you know, be like, I, I like all of that. That's great. But like even just, you know, a little light circle that circles around your feet or maybe like a little glowy orb on the top, you know, that kind of says like, oh, hey, and it goes like Shoosh, and says you leveled up. One of the reasons why I think that that is actually, first of all, again, like when, you, when you're grinding for levels, when that's kind of your core gameplay, right? You want as many things that make the happy chemical in your brain when you do the thing, which is gaining levels. Um, but on top of that, all of your hit points and mana come back, which is mechanically important, mm-hmm. you know? So <laughs> if you're in the middle of slugging it out with a bad guy, you're like, I don't know if I can make it. And you drop one of them and you level up in the process, your tactics will completely change. But you could very well miss that fact that you suddenly went from having like, one quarter of your health to full health unless you know if you're focused on the tactics and not darting your eyes all over the screen to try to figure out what's going on so i felt that that was disappointing yeah and i i would say a designer might have argued well your health and mana suddenly replenishing is the fanfare right like because Ooh. they they have these cool little the 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 status bar at the bottom of the screen the omnipresent you know status bar is actually like super iconic right so like the the health is like a demon with a big uh like glass orb on its back as red and then the mana is like an angel i guess or like a paladin sort of thing with like big wings and it's blue right and so which i spent way too much time trying to figure out the symbolism there way too much yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it does raise some questions um but i mean as you get hurt the thing becomes you know clear because the liquid is draining out of it so when it suddenly refills that is that is a momentous thing if it matters in that moment mechanically but if not there's no it's it's the exact same animation as when you drink a potion right the liquid just fills back up and it doesn't even like slosh in and out like it just the level is instantly higher or instantly lower so it's yeah this is uh such a weird thing i think to like gripe about but you're totally right is eventually (laughs) you would have to i you know what it is is because i think the thing you're grinding for after the fairly early part of the game is not levels it's stuff right and so when a weapon comes flying out of a treasure chest or comes flying off of a corpse and it smashes to the ground and it like different categories i guess of things make different noises when they strike the the floor like that's still not very spectacular visually but like that's the fanfare right it's like they dropped a thing Ooh, ooh, what is it but yeah gaining level is like eh. yeah um and uh uh and, and it's funny can we say uh getting the health and mana is the fanfare uh one of the things that we'll talk about in mechanics is that uh, in in Diablo two uh, and in most games, uh, mana regenerates. Does not do that here. It does not. We'll, dis- <laughs> we'll discuss that more. But to to to, to um, point to your note on visuals is uh um it it ain't it ain't fanfare if it's unexpected. You know, so it's like <laughs> yeah, you got all your mana back. It's like 
damn right I did. You know, it, it's 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 like your boss handing you your paycheck and being like, ah, aren't I a great boss? It's like, no, this is what's expected, you jerk. <laughs> this, this is the <laughs> transaction. Yeah, this is what we're doing. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned uh, the sound effects of you know things flying off and, and dropping, right? Many things have many different sound effects for drops. And uh, those things are 100% necessary because you need to be listening for whether or not things drop because they can drop, uh, you know, kind of anywhere. Uh, they can drop underneath a body, a dead body. So you you got to be listening to that because if you don't, you will absolutely 110% miss 50% of the drops, I'd say, at least 20. Because there was, I mean, a considerable number of times when I heard a thing drop and I then went hunting for it on the screen, you know, which, and, and I think that keeps it in the visual note, it, right? It so I'm looking for it. Right yeah. yeah. No, because it's uh, like certain kinds of things make like a metal clanking noise. Then there's like a, like a, t- potion a drop. Well, there's potion drop, but there's also like a tempered metal noise. So like a helmet makes like a clunk, whereas like a sword or an ax makes like a tink. A tink, kind of, tink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, there's these, I don't know, it's probably half a dozen or so categories of, you know, the, the potions rings make like a very like, you know, a ring sound. They ring the metal. That's where we get that word. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, books and scrolls make kind of like a paper rustling noise. So like you, if you're a warrior and you're like, I have invested zero in magic. Like I can't use any scrolls. I can't use any spell books. I just don't care at all. Like you may actually learn to tune the the paper wrestling noise out and then not have your eyes suddenly frantically scanning. But oh man, if you heard a noise that you care about and then your eyes are frantically scanning, that can be a super frustrating experience. Um I'm I'm realizing talking about this that uh I really enjoyed the non-music that this game has, where it's like because I, I played a lot of this with headphones on because I streamed most of it, and there's uh, like the different biomes and each biome is visually super rich and different. Uh, and, and the mechanically they all function differently. And we'll talk about that, but like they all have like their biome soundtrack and it's not music. Like there's usually a drum part that is pretty recognizable. Uh, and there's sometimes like a little choir part. That's kind of a melody. Like you could, you would never walk around like humming it, but it's like discernible if you're listening to it. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, uh, all of that music probably exists exclusively to not interfere with the, an enemy dropped something noise. Yep. Cause that, that, that is critical. No. And, and so, you know, like, like, you, like, like we said, you know, enemies drop things, it makes unique noises, which is very helpful. But literally at one point in, in the game, um, I'm sitting there, I'm playing it and Megan just was walking through the room, uh, a, a potion dropped underneath the remains of another bad guy, right? And this is earlier in the game where potions matter. I needed that potion, right? It's drugs. Um, so only about four, three pixels of the potion were visible. So like I slowly, <laughs> you know, ran my thing because it was underneath the remains of a bad guy, right? And so I found it and I was like, okay. And so then I moved the mouse off because Megan was walking through and I said, Megan, come here for a moment. There is a potion on this screen right now. Find it. And she, she could, it was where's Waldo, man. She couldn't, you know, she couldn't do it. And I was like, no, don't, don't feel bad. I couldn't do it either, which is, um, you know, and we can, I'm just going to throw this in there. Uh, what I was used to is in Diablo 2, you hit tab and it 
highlights everything like Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know that, and so I kept I kept thinking like that that has to exist, right? Um, and I didn't look it up, but I just decided that it didn't exist, and I believe that I am correct. Uh, but uh, yeah, Di- so Diablo One has the search spell, which highlights yes. things, and if you're the monk, right. you have the search skill. Right. Um, that so yeah. poor choices. <laughs> anyway, so. So yeah, all that. Um, the uh, other, only other notes I have for visuals, for the sake of visuals, is um, the <laughs> the map is a hundred percent necessary. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, like <laughs> that that thing. I and and a lot of games play this way. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about it in general. Sometimes it bugs me. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but is that basically? I'd say half of the time. I was just navigating by map. Like I wasn't even looking at my person. I looked at my person when I was in combat, when I was exploring, I would go into, I was basically navigating by map, which, you know, arguably takes you, puts you more in a metagame context than a game context. But I don't think that narrative is really what they're driving here, you know, as strongly. Uh, so I don't think it's as important that you be in the, I don't know. I, I don't have a strong opinion about it, but I didn't notice it. Yeah. I, I generally don't mind if I'm navigating by map right up until I realize that I'm doing it. And then mm. I'm kind of like, ah, right. Because uh, <laughs> the the series that actually made me realize this was modern final fantasy. Um, modern final fantasies are visually incredibly beautiful, rich environments that you are not. You say they're hallway simulators. Yeah, they are. Right. But the thing is, the world looks massive and expansive. And the way you know to not pointlessly bury your face into an invisible wall is because you can see on the map, this is the part you can actually walk on. Yes, the map is is, you know, 25 times wider, but you just have this like little narrow strip. And so starting probably with like Final Fantasy 10, I bet on the PS2, um, I just yeah, that sounds I right. just learned to navigate by map. and it took me a long time to realize that I was doing that. And then when it finally clicked, I was like, that's why these beautiful worlds like are meaningless to me. Cause I'm not looking at them. Right. And, and Diablo has this exact same thing. The critical difference that doesn't eliminate the problem, but I think lessens it slightly is it's like a superimposed overlaid map. So since you are always in the center of the screen and the map is overlaid on top, because it's an isometric camera, right? So you're kind of, you have that Final Fantasy Tactics Fallout 1 sort of camera. Um, it's uh, Sonic 3D Blast, you know, the the progenitor of good isometric camera. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it's a great game. We did a podcast on it. We did. Check Everybody it should listen to us praise it for three hours. Um, <laughs> so <It's> two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> having the having the map be overlaid means like it's kind of sort of a morbid comparison but it's like when you fire a pistol or a rifle like you technically are looking at the sights right and then like right not at the thing you're looking at the sights on the gun right, right? and this is kind of like that like when the map is overlaid you're sort of looking at the map but at least the world is like right on the other side of the map. Whereas in Final Fantasy, it's like, no, I'm looking at the bottom like five percent of the screen way off in the corner, and it's sad. Well, and also too, is that the the map is a button hold away from not being there, right? You know, so so I mean that's things you 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 know turn the map on and you're like, okay, you know, you you walk around and you're still to your point looking at the main part of the screen and you just turn the map off. Um the only other uh 
I've got two other minor notes. One of them is, um, again, with the visuals and, and, and this is, I can't, I can't let this go, <laughs> which is some of the death animations I felt look like the enemies are dropping stuff, you know? Like, so oh, cause fly they, apart. yeah, they burst into pieces. Yeah. Cause they burst into pieces. So like, especially if, you know, I, I hit and, you know, two things die and then I hear a thing drop, but they burst into in pieces i'm like well crap you know and now it's like i don't know i guess i gotta search inside of their weirdly deep orc box to find out where it is <laughs> so that bugged me uh the only other minor note that i have and i'm i i don't know what this note means um i just i just wrote it down and now i want to sh- share it with you because i i don't know what i was thinking when i wrote it down but i said monkey walks like they're constipated don't know what to do with that uh I think what class were you playing as uh, I was playing as the warrior for most of it. Okay. Um, I did technically play as all of them yeah. for reasons that we'll get into, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> um, but he, uh, I mean, he, th- he kind of walks, you know, tensely. <laughs> oh, monk. That's what I meant. Monk walks like he's constipated. Yeah. 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 That makes more sense. Yeah. 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 He does. I know. I remember that now. And he does. So, so that's it. We, we played the, the good old games version of Diablo comes with hellfire. And just as a quick, like aside, you know, inside baseball thing, Diablo is made by blizzard. Hellfire is actually made by Sierra. So it is a third party DLC that layers on top, which is why some of the things that feel different are weirdly different because the base game Diablo actually got patched up to version 1.09. Hellfire is based on Diablo 1.04. So if you play Hellfire, there are bugs present that are not in base game Diablo because of reasons. So like one of the things that I, I say all that to say this in Hellfire, when you are in town, you walk at double speed just so being in town is less of a chore, but they didn't like, I don't know, make new animations for that. They just play the walking animation at double speed. So if you are playing Hellfire, when you're walking around in town, it looks like friggin' Benny Hill. Like, it's so... (laughs) I mean, literally, one of the first notes I had before I realized what was happening was, why does everyone walk like this? Right. Right? Yeah, and and that's probably... Because that was also my first note as well. So that was probably me being like, I don't know why this... Why does this look so weird? Yeah, Yeah, if you Um, you play base Diablo, people move in town at the same speed they move in the dungeon. But they look normal mm. because it's the walking animation at the proper frames per second. Gotcha. Um, You have anything else for uh, visuals specifically? Uh, I just had two things I want to make sure I called out um, for uh, the audio. Uh, One is... Uh, this game and any game like it, um, its version of the walking noise is the hitting noise, the getting hit noise, and worst of all, the missing noise. So, yeah, for whatever reason, they thought it would be fun and entertaining if when you start, like, you don't have a very high to hit, so you miss a lot. And for some insane reason, I literally do not understand and don't have the ability to suss out without doing research. It's way way worse in multiplayer. So I played like 90 minutes of multiplayer and I probably heard the you missed sound effect a thousand times. I mean, That's a and, and everyone in chat was just like, oh yeah, this is one of the weird quirks about multiplayer. Ha ha ha. And I was like, this is not any fun. The point is to kill monsters and get loot. And I am literally unable to defend myself. What kind of hero am I? So those noises get super repetitive, but by the time you are 
further into the game, uh, there's spells going off. Enemies have ranged attacks. There's traps going off, right? So like there's enough other noise that you're not just hearing like tink, 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 uh, tink, tink bones, right? Like the first couple of floors are like that, but then eventually there's like more cacophonous nonsense going on. So it's not quite as bad as Donkey Kong Mario walking noise. Um, the voice acting is like so B movie. Like it's not, it's not good, but it's great. And I just, I love it to pieces. Um, and then, uh, I wanted to just give a nod to the visuals. Uh, like when you put on certain kinds of equipment, like character looks different, right? Like heavy armor looks different than like medium armor, which looks different than light armor, right? When you have a helmet, like different helmets look different. If you have a sword, it looks different than when you have an ax. And I know that sounds a little silly, but like the loot, man, like when I put on my first set of magical plate mail, I want to see that when I get a magical tower shield, I want to see that when I get a new staff that has like some cool spell effect, I want to see that cool spell effect, right? Like otherwise you're just playing a tabletop game where it's all theater of the mind. Like I want to see like this cool armor looks like this, this cool ring looks like that. This cool spell has this huge area of effect. And and they do that. Like they deliver on, on quite a bit of variety. When, and that's, that's the thing is that, you know, back, back in this time frame. I mean, na- nowadays that's just, it's obvious, you know, obviously that happens, but you know, back, back in the day, you know, yeah, you got the plus seven sword as opposed to the plus one sword. And it just looked the, the icon looked different when you looked in your inventory, but, I mean, your sword looked the same, you know, so so it is it is good that that this was around the time ish when you started seeing more and more of the hey, if you equip a different weapon, it looks different. And now, you know, if if, could you imagine if in Dark Souls you equipped a different weapon (laughs) and it didn't, you know, just look like your generic, you'd be like, what what what's happening? There are still some JRPGs, the Tales series still um, will will do that, that just armor swapping. But now that's actually more of a choice in and of itself. But yeah, no, to, to your point, right, is that it was important that they make that choice and, and they did. Um, and they, th- this is something that I didn't understand as a kid. That is, we are doubly right to expect this from a PC game. It's like, you got all this storage space. You got all this processing power. You're not trapped on some tiny disc or God forbid on a cartridge. Like, if you're going to make me buy a computer powerful enough to run your computer game, like you had better do something with all of those resources. And they, and they do. Yep. Uh, gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Where would you like to start with what I assume are some pretty strong feelings about a few choices they made? Because I, I was trying to disorganize or disentangle and organize my notes and I couldn't do it. Like each thing I felt strongly about is so tightly coupled to other decisions they made that I had trouble getting these in order. So please, for the love of God, set an agenda. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of in the same place where I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know uh, where to start. Um, I'll, I'll start with my strongest opinion, um, which is the one that, 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 that screwed me the hardest. Um, the saving systems. It just, <laughs> it, it just is, you know, like it is, is it, is it so far afield from games of its time? No, it's 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 pretty on point. But that's not what you expect these days, you know. And so, the, especially in a game that is this much grinding, and you are this likely to die, and things can change so quickly, you know. The fact that literally you 
Saving is 100% on you. There is zero auto saves. There are zero checkpoints. There is none of that. If you do not save, you are screwed to the point where you can literally be an hour into gameplay, die, and it, it boots you back to the main screen so you can look ostensibly load your game but if that game doesn't exist it just load is just blocked out and it goes like yeah man start over i'm like seriously i mean i remember just like my blood running cold when i saw (laughs) that and just being like i i an hour it's gone you know so i mean and that's why i say (laughs) that i technically played as all of the classes because what would happen to me and we'll we'll get into the details of each of these things was i was like i'm gonna play as the monk i i consider myself to be a monk we've done a bunch of hand-to-hand training when given the opportunity you know i want to play the monk so i'm gonna play as the monk and so i did that got an hour in died and everything was just gone and i <laughs> and said it all went dark well yeah and i said well that happened so i was like okay well you know what since i'm playing this to review the game i will try a new a new class so i logged in as the mage and um, I was like going around doing my thing. And then it was about maybe 20 minutes in, half an hour in, when uh, you know, I went and talked to people and did all sorts of stuff and, you know, kind of got a feel for it. I was like, <laughs> mana doesn't regenerate. What? With a spellcaster? Get that garbage out of my office. So then I went back in again and settled on the warrior. And then that's where I did the rest of my playthrough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just, bends my mind that they would set up the the saving system that way. I guess not so much because it was common at the time, but as far as what you anticipate nowadays, wild. Oh, it's exceptionally wild by modern standards. But even at the time, there is something interesting going on here that I'm not 100% sure what they should have done other than throw up a screen that literally tells you what to expect because I don't know, maybe it's in the manual. Maybe it was like on the friggin' box. I don't know, but like here, p- tr- see if you pick up what I'm laying down. So when you are playing single player, which is most of what uh, I did and all of what you did, right? Mm-hmm. Saving is completely on you. The player you can save at any time. Like I think literally other than if you're in a conversation or a store, you can hit escape and, and get the save menu right and on modern computers the save happens so instantaneously at first i was like did it did i do it (laughs) right um but here's the thing that's super weird so i didn't say this when i was describing the game but this game is a roguelike sort of because every time you start a new game the the quests that you get are randomized and the floors, the layout. yeah, the dungeon yeah. layout and also the enemies. Like there are some enemies you might go through a whole playthrough and never see those monsters on the floors that they inhabit. So there's a lot of randomness. But th- this is the part that like, I, if I have encountered this in other games, I was certainly not aware of it. Like I became aware of it on this playthrough is you're not actually saving the world. You're saving your character because at any point you can say start new game, but use the that character, right? Use this warrior and you just drop into another parallel dimension where no quests are completed, no floors are revealed. But if you've gone, you know, like after you go down to the next level, there's like a new entrance that will take you directly to those floors. All of those are open. So what you could the reason you might want to do this is because monsters don't respawn. So you go in, 
you kill everything and you're like, ah, I'm still struggling to beat the last boss. I don't feel strong enough. I will start a new game with my level 22 warrior and then go grind out some levels and then start a new game with my level 22 warrior and or my level you know 26 warrior now and go grind out some levels. And so I, I had because, you know, Rick and Morty now exists. I had this like existential crisis where I was like, oh, the only Tristram that I saved was the last one. I abandoned, <laughs> I abandoned all those other ones. Like they're can't go back. They're out there with some, with no hero and I can never go back there. Right. So, so it's like forward only time travel. Like, and it's just, it's such a weird thing. And then, and I, I say all that to say this, and, and then I will let you get a word in edgewise. The reason the single player game functions that way, this game is meant to be played online. And when you play online in multiplayer, even if it's just, you know, two computers in the same room, when you're playing a multiplayer game, every time you load, all of the floors regenerate, they're all randomized, all the monsters come back. And when you die, you just drop all your stuff and you have to ask your friend to go in and get it. So you don't actually save in multiplayer the way you save in single player. So I think all of the seemingly insane decisions they made around saving in single player are because this is a multiplayer game that has a practice offline mode. <laughs> and, and and that very well may be the case, but I, I will tell you that I, it, it, it I, sorry, I'm in no way defending this auto saving oh, yeah. existed by this time in history. So like this just still straight sucks, but like, I think that's how they arrived at this insanity. Right. Well, especially because, you know, auto saving and allowing you to save whenever just, add some degree of redundancy right so you don't it doesn't have to be an either or it can be both and on top of that what happened ended up happening with where, where i kind of got to the point where i was like fart noise done uh was um uh I, I saved myself into a corner accidentally you know like i just i just didn't have the potions and i was like i don't have any potions let me just save real fast and then uh there was a bad guy off screen that i didn't see and he just came barreling at me and i could not outrun him you know and i tried three or four times i was like i i might be able to to think think in my way out of this or just get to the point where i just roll i roll all 20s they roll all ones and i statistically kick their kick their butt but i mean i don't see it happening so i'm good you know uh so so the fact that they again put all of that on the player to be like man you know figure it out is really punishing you know um and so yeah did not care for that um well and that's again the weird brutality of your character's relationship to the narrative is the way to deal with that would have been to start a new game using that character because then you load in town right right? and so but all the quests are now uncompleted you have new quests all the floors you know that you've already been on are now all refilled with monsters which for me when i was grinding in the back half of the game was what i wanted but like if you don't know that that is the way that entire mechanic works which the game does nothing to explain to you and i'm sorry this game came out in 1997 nothing about the phrase start a new game implies using your former character like there's such a massive like leap of logic you have to make and even after i understood it i tested it a few times to see if it was really working the way i thought that it was working because it's just like i have no memory i mean it's probably because i mostly played this game online when i was a kid but like i was like i have no memory of single player working this way this is bananas yeah 
Um, so that too, and maybe maybe all of this makes sense through through the lens of multiplayer. Uh, just to touch on it again, mana doesn't regenerate. That is again, you know, kind of I think a gimme, especially if you're going to be. I mean, to me, the 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 point of mana is it creates a difference in kind in play, right? In the sense that you know, instead of just walking up to a bad guy and click 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 dead. Click, 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 dead. It gives me something to break up that monotony, right? And so the idea is that the breaking up of that monotony should be able to be done at a certain frequency. And the way to modulate that frequency is how fast your mana regenerates. You know, that's that to me is kind of the purpose of that. It's like you can do a fun mini move or a super move, but you know, you can only do it so often, right? So the fact that I went in with my my wizard and uh or sorcerer. Sorcerer. sorcerer? Warrior sorcerer. Right. Um, I went in monk, right? Uh, yeah, uh, monk came in in hellfire, right? Okay. I, I was, I was like, I, I, I swear I played. <laughs> nah, <monk>. dude. <laughs> uh, it was you the whole time. You're still in the game. Uh, you know, that, that, that was just, again, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, well, then what's the point of any of that? That, uh, I just wanted to, to cap, cap that. Well, and, and um, I will do you one better because, uh, when you go talk to Pippin, the healer guy, he yep. will restore your health for free. And so I think I literally said out loud on stream, oh, that surely that means if I go and talk to the witch, she will restore your mana. No, nope. nope. <laughs> nope. There's just no and mana is more precious than health, apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it so seems like mechanically they wanted warrior is the easiest class. Rogue is like the middle difficulty and then sorcerer is the hardest. But I feel like the way they chose to make sorcerer harder was not just by limiting how safe they are in the labyrinth, but by also making it just literally more of a pain in the ass to interact with the world. Right. Um, and so also too, I, and I kind of understand why they would do this, but I didn't, I didn't like it, which is um <laughs> there, there's, there's no fast travel, right? There's no fast travel of any kind, except for the, ruins scrolls whatever oh, right yeah. they teleport you back down but those are a limited resource right so what that means is that and, and they're they're from what i could tell very limited like in the time i was playing i only got a handful of them you uh know? you can i think starting fairly early if not literally from the beginning of the game you can buy them from the witch oh okay well then i did not yeah. observe that um, and it's a learnable so, uh, spell but you got to find the book ooh. randomly Right. Um, anyway, so the reason why I mention it, though, is that so that actually, if that's true, if you can buy them from the witch, then that fixes this problem. The only difficulty then is that you have to know that you can buy them from the witch. Uh, but yeah, is that, you know, I'm fine with there being some type of cost of moving back and forth to the labyrinth, you know, but the fact that I was, in my opinion, you know, kind of grinding through and, and trying to find these uh, took a lot of fun out because I was like, oh, well, you, do I travel back now with all of this stuff or maybe i'll get new stuff or different stuff and i didn't want to be doing that mental calculus i just wanted stuff um which dovetails into um since that note kind of kind of loses some steam with knowing that you can get it from the witch but uh the 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 game is and i used to love this when i was a kid and i cannot tolerate it anymore (laughs) is a it's a grind man it is it's grinding Mm -hmm. you know that's that's the game forwards and backwards you know like the the first encounter is like you said, just like the last encounter. It's just it's it's basically playing a slot machine, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and and this is uh, 
well, let me actually take a step back to, um, you didn't know you could buy town portals from the witch, right? Because you were playing the warrior. So you probably weren't spending a lot of time perusing. No, I, her. I talked to her once and I was like, right. Magic got it. Right. And, didn't talk to her and, again and this is something that a modern like a looter shooter right like a borderlands would i think not get wrong is this is a very tristram is a very small town right there's a small number of people here they're the only number of people that are ever here you get all your quests from them except for like the few that you stumble upon organically right everything happens in this tiny little area and it's not a huge amount of work to talk to everyone but they also give you zero incentive to do that and the thing is some people would probably say what are you a moron like yes go talk to everyone see what they do see what menu options come up when you talk to them but i don't know that i believe it's reasonable to expect the player to systematically grid out the town and talk to everyone so what a modern looter shooter would do is be like Oh, here is a person you must talk to. It is impossible to advance the game without talking to person A. Person A makes you go talk to person B and C. Person B makes you talk to person F. Person C makes you talk to persons D and E, right? So like you through some like BS fetch kill the rats in the basement of my tavern quest, like you meet each person and you learn what they do, even if it's just like a quick two sentence summary. At least the game now knows that you, the player, know what you can buy from the witch, what you can buy from Pippin. The fact that the barmaid doesn't like do anything, I think, like she's just literally functionless is other than like set dressing. So like, but you can easily start the game and just walk straight into Labyrinth, walk right through the middle of town, never talk to a single person. Well, and and part of the issue is that some of the people you talk to are fairly pointless like and and that reinforces the fact that you know may, maybe it's just the, the functionality doesn't exist because like i spoke with deckard um i spoke with the guy who's like i spoke with the blacksmith right um and but then the next person that i spoke to i believe was the barmaid and she said nothing of value and then the next thing i, I was i was coming out of the labyrinth i got a little bit turned around and i talked to a drunk and he just chat all over deckard kane and was like guy sucks yeah you know i was like Cool. Yeah. What? All right. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> you know. And so, so then that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to talk to somebody unless I have a reason to talk to them. And I know I got to talk to the blacksmith, so I'm going to talk to that guy. So yeah, I agree 100 percent that that's absolutely what a, a modern looter shooter would do is force you to talk to these people. On top of that, you know, for a portion of the game so critical as like a, a town recall, you know, is I mean, you 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 can find <laughs> it's it's. It's money, right? Like you can find, you can go buy uh, scrolls that allow you to recall, right? Or just give me a recall stone that when I click on it, it costs me a hundred gold, which is what it would cost in the store anyways, right? Because again, that's it's critical that you have that, you know. So for something that's so critical, and if they're like, ah, oh, man, we don't want to create all of these mini quests for you to go run around and learn who the hell everyone is, it's like then just give me a a different way to get this done. You know, give me a button that I can push. It cost me 100 gold. And then, because in worst case scenario, I'm in the, the, the labyrinth. I'm out of gold. And it's like, well, I mean, I just got to grind for some gold. So, And, and um, this is, I, again, it doesn't defend this as a design choice, but you could imagine the designer saying, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to force you to do anything because 
then every time you start a new character, you'll have to jump through all those hoops and that'll be annoying when you're playing online with your friends and starting a new character, right? Because if you like, oh, with this group, I'm the warrior and with that group, I'm the sorcerer and with this group, I'm one of the rogues, right? So it's like, I have these different characters that I play online with different people. And if every time somebody was like, oh, hey, me and you know my roommates are going to start up a Diablo game, like come we need a warrior, like come play warrior. Like, Oh, okay. I'll start up a new warrior. It would be really annoying if you had to jump through all those hoops every single time. So they like, I don't think they didn't understand that a new player might need this information. I think they hyper optimized for you will get it from a human. Like a human being will tell you, this is what Pippin does. This is what the witch does. This is what Kane does. This is what the blacksmith does This is what everybody does. Right. And like where they are, if you don't know if you're playing for the first time, because since you're constantly starting new games in single player and you're constantly like bamfing in and out of realities in multiplayer, since it resets every time you load into the world, like you can't have the, the, Oh, you're brand new here hoops every single time. And so there's this just tacit assumption that you either already have that information or someone is going to give it to you because the game isn't going to give it to you. And I feel like a, a modern game might do something like, Hey, this person has no save files on their computer. We're going to treat them as a newbie, right? They, they, instead of assuming that you've played the game before or that you're going to play with people, like we have a strong enough signal. You, this is your first launch of the game. We have a strong enough signal that you don't know. So you're actually going to get funneled through the, the friggin' Skyrim waking up in the back of the, the cart experience, Right. But Ooh. Yep. <laughs> but if you have 10 characters and hundreds and hundreds of hours logged, then yeah, when I start a new game, just pretend I've been to this town a thousand times because you can see that I have, right? And like, I don't know, maybe nobody thought of that. Maybe it's not as good of an idea as I think it is. But like tr- being dropped in Zelda style, having no idea what to do, and there are certain mechanics that not understanding them makes the game functionally unplayable. Like that's problematic. It is. It's a huge issue. And actually, to your point, right, is that um, Borderlands does exactly what you're describing, right? And Borderlands 2 does. And I played Borderlands 2 probably hundreds of hours, right? Um, And I played many of them online with friends. And they, and not only did you have to do the learning where everyone is quest uh, for your first time, you had to do it uh, again at like level at the the new game plus and the new game plus plus you know all of those quests exist and you had to do them right but here's the thing is that if you got to be introduced to four different people all what they did was all four of those quests are their own little individual quests right you got to do them but they're their own thing right they one doesn't key off the other and so you know what we did we all split up and did one and it took like <laughs> two minutes you know it was absolute chaos on the screen because all of these you know so when person A goes into a room and the new person gets introduced, they get their little like cutscene clip that takes, you know, 10 seconds. And so it's like, this person's cutscene, that person's cutscene, this person's <laughs> talking over that person. It was just <laughs> abject chaos. But we knew what was going on. So all of a sudden we were like, okay, everybody split up. You're taking quest A, you're taking quest B, you're taking quest C. Okay. Bing, bang, boom, done. You know, it took five minutes. And I think that, yeah, would that get, was it mildly annoying that we had to do that? Sure. Um, was it good that we did it? Because I don't think we would have ever gotten to that point because if without it because we would not have understood how to play the game yeah i mean it's worth it like the, the life is cost <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- this is i'm i'm fascinated by this because i am quite confident in hindsight that most of the 
playing I did of this was online with probably with strangers, right? Where I was playing essentially a single player MMO because I wanted to trade with people occasionally or maybe play with like one of my my few friends that I played online games with. But like mostly I was playing online because that was cool and what it seemed like you were supposed to do. You were supposed to log into battle.net and <laughs> log into your battle.net account, right? Like that's just how you played Diablo and uh you know uh, Warcraft and then later World of Warcraft, right? Like for battle.net, like it's the thing. And coming back and playing it single player cuz I had thankfully it was only about 15 minutes not an hour but i had the exact same experience you did where my modern adult brain was just like oh i will just wake up in town like in grand theft auto and they took some money out of my account to pay hospital bills but no (laughs) right so no i I did have the good fortune of that encompassing a much smaller amount of time um but it, it was the same kind of just like experience halting right just this like uh uh what and and yeah. then your what? your brain starts like jumping backwards like wait did i wait so are there save spots do i have to talk to someone oh no it's just here in the menu oh huh and then for the rest of the playthrough you're going through that like oh god i hope i don't save myself into a corner right because i played i did two one full playthrough and then like a second almost full playthrough and i experimented with like the other character classes um i got like 90 percent of the way through my first playthrough before i understood that like start a new game mechanic like how your character is the thing you're saving not really the world and so at any point during that time i could have I was, you know, one escape return away from accidentally saving myself into a corner there, but for the grace of God go, I like, right. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a little, you know, cause you would have come to school the next day, complained about that on the playground. I would have set you straight and then it would have rolled off your back. But like as an adult who's like, Oh, you know, this is a game I missed as a kid, or this is a game that looks interesting or someone who just has a lower games literacy. Like that would potentially just be a complete experience ruiner permanently like you might never return to this game well especially because i mean it's a hard exit point right where you're just kind of like oh i just lost five hours of my life well i guess i'm done with that especially with the amount of other things there are going on speaking of the menu uh <laughs> opening the menu doesn't pause the game it does not no the, Cooper doesn't. the world is always happening yep and Which, uh, again and that again, is to prepare you for online play right because you can't have the menu pause the world when there's other humans Right. And, and, and that, that, that makes sense for online play, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it it is very like jarring when, you know, you're, you're sitting there like, okay, I just, I just need a second to get my inventory together or do, do anything, you know? And, uh, it's like, huh, no, you're in it. Deal with that. So, uh, that's a thing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Borderlands also function that way? Uh, it, it does, but the price of death is way lower, you know? So True story. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. And because, uh, one of the, actually the, the funny side things with Borderlands is it won't let you change areas if someone's in the menu. And so that, that's a running thing where it's like, you know, I, I'd be like, okay, we got to change areas. Frank, get out of your menu, Frank, get out <laughs> of your menu, Frank. Like, I just got to do one thing. I'm like, do it when we get to the new area, get out of your menu. <laughs> Okay, it's fine. Okay. Think fast travel in five, four. Frank is in a menu. I swear <laughs> to God. 
Um, so anyways, uh, yeah. But yeah, if you if you if you get tagged to death, then you just respawn at the nearest respawn point with a nice, you know. So so yeah. So I mean, the fact that and, and again, what happened to me was I opened up the menu thinking that the game was paused. It wasn't. I lost like half of my health, and I'm like, this this matters. I now have to burn a potion of which I have three, and now have two, uh, and it, I, I I might be screwed now. And the thing is that this game definitely falls into because of the way the save mechanic works is. You could be like, am I screwed? Have I now saved myself into a corner? Should I should I actually just reload my last save and lose the last three minutes because I don't know if I don't have enough potions? And 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 that machinations, that mental stress is something I don't really care for. Um, so next, uh, so eventually we need to talk about the game being grindy, but there is one note I want to make sure that I get because we we talked about this forever ago. So in in the the seven core game aesthetics, right? Uh, there's, you know, narrative challenge, all that kind of stuff. But uh, what, fantasy and expression are two different ones, right? And I remember this was years ago. Um, you you mentioned you said like, how can you have fantasy without expression? Because nine times out of ten, those two things do go together, right? Like in D and D, it's a fantasy game. Like I am fantasizing about being this new person, but it is also an expression of me, you know, because I put myself into it, right? I think that there is near zero choice in this game in the sense of like once you once you're the warrior you're the warrior right you can pick where you put your skill points but that's it there's no customization to it this i think is fantasy without expression the fantasy is you're the warrior but there's no expression of you in the warrior you know yeah you the, ch- there's change its build a little but that that's what i was gonna say is you get it's incredibly surface level, right? You could choose to be a warrior who only uses axes, right? You can choose to be a warrior who only uses two-handed swords, and that's like part of your thing. And and I do think the the artwork and the kind of way those dice end up getting rolled does invite some projection. Like, haha, I'm I'm not the warrior. I'm Conan the Barbarian, right? I'm wearing no armor and I only use two-handed swords, right? But like because some of the more narrative rich those expressive decisions are you would be tanking your mechanical optimizations right so like you could choose to be like the the rogue is optimized for the bow but because of the way the stats work you can also make a very successful like sword and shield rogue if you use small swords because they draw from your decks instead of from your strength and and it's like this nifty little thing you can do but like that's that's a pretty shallow puddle. <laughs> well, and also too, I would I would make the argument that I mean, with with most games, you you can project an aesthetic onto the game that the game does not enforce. You know, half of this. So, I mean, like <laughs> exactly right. So I mean, that's the thing is that when all of a sudden you're you're playing a game and you say, uh, uh, you know, I've decided that uh, my version of Mario was actually raised by green Koopas. Therefore, he does not stomp on green Koopas, but the green Koopas blood enemy are the red Koopas. So I will destroy every red Koopa. I won't just bounce on them. I'll spin pound them into the (laughs) ground and turn them into coins. So, I mean, you can do that, right? Like you can project a narrative onto there, but the game doesn't do that, right? So, and I would actually say that the game disincentivizes that because you could say I'm playing Conan the Barbarian. I mean, and you probably will. Until the game drops a really sweet axe, and and then you're probably not Conan the Barbarian anymore, are you? Maybe you're maybe maybe now you're the axe warrior. You know, yeah, it's like um, a kid Ned Flanders. Like 
I'm Dick Tracy. Get back here, Prune Face. Now I'm Prune Face. Get out of here, Dick Tracy. Now Dick I'm Tracy. Prune now Tracy. I'm prune Tracy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're cool flitting between fantasies super fast, then maybe it's okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm just imagining like, because they have like that, that kind of short sword. So you're like, yeah, I'm Conan the Barbarian. You know, like I, I'm, I'm chaotic, good fighting for against the law, but for the righteousness of my, mankind. Check out this cool machete. I'm Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- this is uh, compared to modern looter shooters. Um, I think the the fact that the genre is now kind of colloquially called looter shooters tells you a lot about what has changed, right? Because they are we, like this type of game, the you know, kill things, get stuff, has very much moved in the direction of real time gun stuff right so first person and you know lots of range because you're using you know explosives and and firearms uh fun fact and i i swear to god i already knew this but somebody mentioned it in chat unrequested so this doesn't count as research uh this game was originally going to be turn-based no sorry shouldn't have sworn on that one that wasn't worth it but anyways (laughs) but it happened Uh, no really (laughs) so that's in case you want to use the other take (laughs) use take six um the 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 isometric camera the kind of like plotting way you move on a grid like those are all artifacts of the fact that the game was originally going to be turn-based it's very very fallout too exactly right like it's it you could almost imagine someone was like oh i'm going to make diablo and it's like oh how are you doing that it started as a mod for fallout right like because it's so close like in terms of the aesthetics and the way you interact with the world and stuff um i'm i think what they got in return for stress of like the real time system is like, Oh, this is like action packed and I'm in it and I have to manage my potions and I have to manage my mana. And when I open my inventory, the game doesn't pause. Like that's what they bought. The price they paid was grinding. Just click, 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 click. And yeah, it's clicking the game. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing is you, you, you click on all the things and yeah, there's some decisions to be made, but they're fewer and further between than than I would like. I don't think that the cognitive load was really like high enough, you know, because in a looter shooter, right, you're quickly making split second decisions of do I jump behind this cover? Do I jump out and shoot this guy? Do I do this? Do I do that? This is just and and then and then once all that happens, this the bad guys die, the stress goes away, and then you get to kind of like plod through and compare all of the items and that and that's the the release on the tension and release cycle, right? And this one is just click, 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 drop. What was this? Oh, it was this thing. Okay. Which I mean to me again it has a very similar feel to a slot machine, right? You know, as you just pull the lever, see what comes out, you know. The only difference is that that sometimes you pull the lever and you pass out. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah so and and that's the thing is that honestly in my I don't know when this this lever flipped in my mind but I have zero tolerance for grinding these days you know like I just I don't I the minute that I realized that the only thing about the game is extrinsically rewarding not intrinsically rewarding like I don't enjoy clicking the thing I enjoy the thing getting clicking the thing gets me I I just I, I it it it's it you know what it feels like it feels like in in a first person shooter where you take a lot of damage and you get the tunnel vision <laughs> and like the noise drops out you know like, that's what happens when i start playing a game is I, as i'm on death's door where i'm like i just i can't find a piece of me that gives a crap <laughs> close um so let, let me ask you this then because 
what I like, I, I don't seek out, you know, left click the game, but there, there can be like, I, I do, I do understand the Skinner box enjoyment of slot machines, right? Like it, it is not my favorite taste, but it is a taste that when I have it, I'm like, Oh, I see why people would seek this out. Um, what I think is weird about Diablo one, not just compared to the later Diablos, but the way that the, the direction this entire genre ended up kind of going in is there are a lot of mechanics in this game that would potentially allow you to try interesting tactics or rethink your entire strategy, the whole way you approach the world. And, um, you could play the whole game and never encounter some of those things because there's no crafting, right? You, you can buy stuff from Griswold. You can buy stuff from Pegleg Pete or whatever the hell the kid's name is. Uh, you of course find things in the dungeon. There's some unique items that you always get from like a specific quest always drops this like specific unique item. But like a great example is we started at the, the beginning of the podcast talking about like, Oh, I dropped or an enemy dropped thing and I can't see it. Well, one of the things that a piece of equipment can have is light radius. So like, it's not hard to imagine someone saying, Oh, I know, you know, you only have 20 stuff points to distribute to a thing when you're crafting it. And I always over distribute to increasing my light radius because it's just so annoying when I can't find stuff. And I would rather have a weaker piece of equipment and a higher light radius because that's just how I choose to play the game. But if you just never get something that has light radius as one of its um, features, I guess, um, then then you don't even get to consider making that choice, right? Ditto for uh, like, oh, this thing, uh, this staff has like a lot of charges of a spell that's really useful or interesting. Or I, I like on my first playthrough, I found a book of town portal on like the second floor. So that entire playthrough, I never had to buy a scroll of town portal. And when I found them, I just left them on the ground because I was like, I can just cast the spell at will. And because I'm a monk, I don't care about preserving my mana. My mana is just to get me back to town. Right. So like that didn't have to happen. And on the other playthroughs I did, (laughs) I didn't find a book of town portal super early in the game on one of them. I didn't find one at all. Like I was buying scrolls for the entire friggin' playthrough. Like there's just so even as shallow as this game is relative to later entries in the series, you just are like cut off from so many of the mechanics where you just don't get to make choices around them. And that's frustrating. Well, agreed. And actually that, that leads into what I thought was going to be a throwaway note, but (laughs) I'm glad you bring it up is uh, there. The game has a lot of consequences, but not very much choice. Right. So the thing is that, you know, you get you get points, right, in, in you know, to distribute to your character, right? Uh, and, you know, so you, you what do you do? You, you, you put them into a thing, right? And you're like, oh, okay, I think I think I now understand how this works, right? But there's no great way to undo it. I don't believe that there's a way to respec your character, right? So then... I mean, not, it's not, not without one of those trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not really choice then at that point. It's a consequence, right? It later it becomes a choice, right? Um, the type of gear that you end up using is, I mean, really uh, outside of the the gear that you can buy, and even that's limited, 
right? You know, is it's it's a, a choice between several different things. And I think that so to your light radius thing, that's absolutely something that people I feel would optimize the fun out of the game, right? If the game would be more fun with the light radius, but you can do two more points of damage, no one's going to put in light radius. Everyone's going to do two more damage. Um, to me, one of the exemplars of consequences over choice is barrel traps. Um, I don't like you know like when the yeah the, the barrels there's, explode. there's never a legendary unique item in a barrel no there isn't but there's always stuff and stuff can be sold right you know so so that's the thing is that to me is i'm like okay so and but but the problem is that when the barrels explode there's no counterplay there's nothing that i can do there's no spell i can that i knew of no spell that i could put on that would make me immune to barrel explosions right there was no um i mean like outside of like just general armor right there's no way to prevent the damage it's just it's pulling the wheel on a slot machine right and so it's like sometimes i get the you know three dr robotniks and i get the spines and i and i go (laughs) right so sometimes i get a bunch of rings but by my mental calculations it was rings more often than spikes right it was it was loot more often than explosions so i just kept hitting them you know but it wasn't like when the when the barrel exploded that oh well when it explodes if you if you left click or right click fast enough then you can have the damage or roll out of the way right or or something you could do so i'm like this this isn't really a choice it's it's optimal for me to break open all of these barrels and some sometimes i take damage from it sometimes i take a lot of damage from it but I still think that it's the way to go, you know? Yeah. The, the, your comment is actually making me think this is where someone who is a diehard devotee of this game would say, that's what the difficulty settings are for. Because on normal, I assume you played mostly on normal. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's normal. It, it's normal. And then harder. And yeah. Normal hell nightmare, I think, or normal yeah. nightmare. Hell yeah. I played, I played on normal. I, I was thinking about uh, another game that I'm playing that I, I was playing on normal, but I started playing off on easy, yeah. but no, this one, I, I was playing on the easiest difficulty, which was normal. Yes. Um, and, and again, this is a thing where your character is not tied to the world. They're tied to themselves. So you can actually move a character between difficulties. So you can, be playing on normal and then go grind in nightmare and then go back to normal and then go kill Diablo. I know. Cause I did that. And like, yeah. it's just, I was like, I just want to experience faster. Right. And so that, that was just a way to make that happen because the monsters on the first few floors don't gain any new abilities on the harder difficulties. They just have more hit points and drop more experience, which means I don't have to worry about them casting like insane spells or having these crazy ranged attacks or whatever. Cause they don't. So, um, when you are the warrior, the trade-off is, do I soak damage to get the treasure, right? With the rogue, you can actually disarm traps, but then you have to like proceed much more cautiously because if you forget to disarm the trap, then you get hurt and you don't have the giant pool of HP that the warrior has as the sorcerer. I think there's probably a spell that tells you if something is trapped, but I didn't, I, I spent the least amount of time with the sorcerer. Cause I was just like, all right, I get it. Um, but, uh, I think there is a spell that lets you know if stuff is trapped, but then you have to decide, am I going to spend mana to find out if I should, you know, break open this barrel. And th- the truth is almost always the same. If the only cost is HP and I have some way to replenish that, whether it's going back to town, casting a healing spell, spending a potion or whatever, then I will just smash them open and soak the damage, right? So like it it's there's an opportunity for it to be 
like intrinsically interesting and for there to be character expression, like how do you approach this problem? But why would you ever do that? Like just smash it open, take the damage or get the loot and then heal if you need to. Like that's, that is the calculus all class types make at all times. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, uh, in the, the game that I, I threw out at you, the curse of the old gods, you know, um, there are sometimes when, you know, like th- there are explosions that happen, but one, they, they, with any explosion and sometimes treasure chests are trapped. Sometimes they're not, you know, all that kind of stuff, but, um, there's always counterplay, right? So when you see an explosion about to happen, you can roll to get out of the way, right? Or when you see an explosion happen, you can press a button to counter, you know? And I don't think that necessarily this game needs that robust of gameplay, but, you know, something that says like, oh, a a, a bad thing happened. And, you know, as opposed to just, just, just <laughs> planting your feet, gritting your teeth and eating that <laughs> horse, right? You know, like there's a, there's a thing you can do to, dodge out of the way or take less damage or you know but it requires you the player not your avatar but you the player to be deft at the game right i feel that that would just way raise engagement but realistically as uh eager uh, raptor says like the player doesn't get better the avatar gets stronger you know and there's very little about this game that necessitates mastery other than for you to just understand the mechanics but as far as the player actually getting better at playing the game itself it's all avatar strength yeah, no, it's it is even for the sorcerer who by the end of the game should have the widest variety of tools available to them and should be approaching uh situations where it's like, "Oh, do I want to use, you know, this spell to do crowd control? Do I want to use that spell to, you know, snipe them from a distance or start kiting them out so that I can kind of like pick them off one at a time with like a powerful spell that only hits one monster?" Like you you do as the sorcerer and to a lesser extent, the rogue, because they can do melee and ranged uh, weapons pretty evenly. Um, you do sort of get into an opportunity where you can do that. You never really have to accept on like high level, high difficulty play, right? Where it's like Diablo is surrounded by demons that all have ranged attacks and crazy high melee attacks. So I need to be very strategic in how I do this crowd control, right? And then presumably you're playing on multiplayer where it's like, you know, I go over here, you go over there, he comes over the top and, you know, we support him. Like it's, that's how we're going to, <laughs> nice. you're welcome. That's how we're going to, you know, figure this situation out as a party, but the mechanics must always function for an individual of any class type and for a party of any configuration. So like, that's an incredibly hard thing to balance. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not selling the shorts. Like, well, they're dumb. Like what I just described it's like you could spend your whole game development career and never get great at that because it's incredibly hard, but it does mean that you as the player have to find clicking enemy dies, seeing what the new loot is like that must be enjoyable. Otherwise there is not enough other stuff going on. Not enough narrative, which I actually kind of like that they drip out the narrative personally and they're not like shoving it down your throat Um, because Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, I understand, kind of like shoves it down your throat. Um, But you're not here for the story, right? Like there's there's lore, but there isn't a story. The story is actually quite shallow. Um, The combat mechanics and the way you interact with the world isn't a ton. And that's that's all there is. So like if you get enjoyment out of like, Ooh, what they drop, then this game will be fun forever. Cause they drop random crap at infinitum. Right. Um, but if you don't enjoy that, or if your, uh, enjoyment of that, like peters off quickly, 
I'm not sure even the other things combined, like for a player like you like necessarily rise to the challenge of like making the experience continue to be interesting. This is why I'm super excited that we played this one before Diablo two, because Diablo two adds so many things. There's so many more mechanics in Diablo two. And I will, I will be interested to see how you feel about that when we eventually get there. And and then eventually we can play Diablo three for nostalgia to like bookend the whole thing. Sure. I actually, I never uh, played Diablo three because, um, Oh crap. What was it? I, I won't waste time trying to remember this right now, but there was some mechanic that somebody was like, Oh yeah, Diablo three relies a lot on. And I was just like, Oh, that's actually like the thing I don't want. So, so like <laughs> if that is now core to the Diablo experience, maybe this is not for me. I actually did play a fair amount of Diablo three. I think oh, I played wait. through it at least. Are they up twice. to four? No, I think, I think four is in production. Diablo oh, three the, was there's the, Diablo immortal. Maybe. Is the current one. So yeah. there's one, two, three, and then there's a side one and they're working on four. Four. Yeah. Cause for Diablo three, I remember I eventually played it for on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Diablo three was the game that made me swear off PC gaming. That was the one. <laughs> I, that broke I remember that. That was fun. That was, that yeah. was a fun night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you making like six trips to Best Buy, cursing all the way. <laughs> Just and, and and Facebook remembered it because I forgot I posted like a, a really garbage Facebook post about it. And then like Facebook was like, hey, remember this that happened 10 years ago? And I was like, I do. Um, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so it actually feels like a good lead in. Did, did, what do you think, man? Did it hold up? Uh, I do have to share this one last fun fact um, just because it came up in a, my life in a super weird way, which was um, this game was ported to the PS1, but uh, the save for Diablo one on the PS one took up an entire memory card so that <laughs> so much so nice. that when you uh, pre-ordered the game, they actually shipped it with a dedicated, like specially branded memory card that was like, Oh, this is just for Diablo. Um, the reason I thought this was like insane that I had retained that fact all these years is uh, somebody posted a picture on Twitter of 500 ps1 memory cards like a like in a block the size of like a cinder block right just all stacked mm-hmm. up um out of their packages just like freestanding and some you know like kid was like whoa how many gigs is this and somebody else replied my brother in christ this is 64 of god's own megabytes <laughs> like, <laughs> and so i saw that picture and i joked ah just enough for one save file of the ps1 port of diablo and then as i was reading through one other person made a diablo one on the ps1 reference and i was just like nice i feel so seen like there's one other dork out there who still thinks about this (laughs) like oh gigabytes no 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 no. that you're off by three orders of magnitude my dude (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah man what do you think so I came into this actually fully prepared to say no nostalgia goggles required because it is so I knew this would be a hard one for it, you. Like I knew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it's so pure in what it is trying to be. Like it's not it is impossible to deny that there are things about this game that are dumb and have not aged well. It is also impossible to deny that basically this entire genre is like a reskin of this game. Like 
they made fundamental decisions at this time in history for this game. And I, I honestly don't know if this was the first game like this. I'm sure it's not, but it was certainly the most popular, right? Like every action RPG looter, you know, click get stuff game is like just a Diablo like, right? They're all kind of, you know, derivatives of this because it was so incredibly popular. And there is some like mindless enjoyment around the simplicity of it. You're not juggling a complicated skill tree. You're not worried if you put your, you know, oh no, I put the warriors level up points into strength. Was that the right choice? Yes, of course it was. You asked like there's, there's very little concerned second guessing, right? Up to and including abandoning the dimension you're in to go power level in a new dimension, right? So like the, the stakes just feel kind of low. And in a game that is like so dark and bloody and very nineties and it's doom esque, like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if this thing exploded into a volcano of blood? It's like, yeah, but whatever, like I, whatever, right? Like it's just, it's, it's cookie clicker, right? You remember that on Facebook? Like it's cookie clicker, cow clicker. Like you just, you literally click the cow and it keeps track of how many times you clicked it. And that's it. There's no trick. There's no secret lore. The game is just who clicks the cow more. And in a lot of ways, that is kind of what Diablo one is. But if you enjoy the little thrill of like, Oh, I got a thing. I can't wait to see what it's, it's abilities are. Yeah. It actually holds up exactly the way you remember it. If that is the drug you're chasing, right? If, if this is a small batch alcohol that was brewed only in your hometown and you just grew up with that taste and you still like it, even as an adult, like, yeah, it's, it's exactly what you remember. Um, my one caveat, which I think is slowly just going to become par for the course for PC games is, um, get one of those sweet, sweet fan mods that adds in a bunch of quality of life improvements, things like you have a permanent stash where you can save equipment for your other characters. Things like talking to the witch replenishes your mana, things like widescreen support, right? Just like you don't need to play the original. It's okay to like have those little quality of life things. So as much as it pains me to say it, uh, I'm going to give it a nostalgia monocle. Um, but man, if, like I said, if, if you, if you grew up with this weird local flavor, like it's exactly the way you remember it. (laughs) Um, so for me, uh, I was coming in this full, ready to give it full nostalgia. (laughs) Did I bring you up? Uh, so, I'm I'm gonna give it a nostalgia monocle as well, but with an asterisk, right? That's, because that's fair. you you came in pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want what what everyone will have to do is sometime later this year we will play Diablo two, right? You got to go listen to that episode, and I will then mod. I, I'm my asterisk is this will either go up or down depending <laughs> upon how Diablo two goes and how it plays into this, right? Because there there are because because what i'm struggling with is one is is i'd like to say like what i want to say is full nostalgia goggles don't play this game play diablo 2 that's what i want to say right but i'm viewing (laughs) it through nostalgia goggles right because we haven't played it yet you know so i'm trying to remember what i thought diablo 2 was and to me diablo 2 is this game but with all of the quality of life improvements right you know and so don't go out and play a, a, a mod go out and play <laughs> diablo 2 right um, but that being said is that you, you are correct it does have a skill tree but the thing is that i would enjoy the skill tree because to me 
I think that one of the things that I remember enjoying about Diablo 3 and I remember enjoying about Diablo 2 is the added expression that is given through a skill tree, right? So now to your point, right, it's like I'm not, you know, Conan the Barbarian and like adding this additional narrative. Like I am a specific type of necromancer. This is the thing I do well. And part of the puzzle that I like about these types of games is what I want is I want to go through the dungeon. I want to riggedy, riggedy wreck everything, not because I'm playing on easy mode, but because I figured out the way, because I'm so smart, to, to, to build a character that like really tweaked the damage or is perfectly aligned to my play style. So it may not be the best way to make the character. It may not be the solution to the solved problem. But the way I like to play the game, this is near game breaking because I'm good enough at playing it and I'm good enough at optimizing for my play style to do so. This game strips all of that out, right? But that being said is that, you know, until we actually go and play Diablo 2, I don't know if I'm like, well, you know, maybe just it's my own taste in these games that's gone down over time. It's not that Diablo 2 is the superior version of Diablo 1. Um, it's just that, you know, I, I, I'm viewing them all to nostalgia goggles. So, uh, so the moral of the story is this nostalgia monocle with an asterisk, but go listen to our Diablo 2 episode. The curtain falls, the music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black, and you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone, there's no player two. There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You gotta think back much less On how you saved the day Then on all These miracles 